We pick up where Part 1 left off, with Grimlock and Rodimus plummeting toward an advancing army of Decepticons. They seem surprised that their weapons don't do much damage. The show wants us to believe that it's because they're so low on energy, but I like to think that the characters are consciously aware that they're no longer in the movie, and we're back to characters not being allowed to die or get hurt in this war. Actually, Rodimus does get a little hurt, and he's the robot equivalent of unconscious when Springer and RC show up in their appropriated asteroid ship thing and rescue him. There's a brief death scare, during which it looks like he intends to pass the Matrix of Leadership to Springer, but thankfully he pulls through. I say thankfully because, well, you think Rodimus is a stupid name? Try Springimus Prime. No thanks. While Rodimus is unconscious, he has a weird vision quest thing that makes him realize where his missing guys are. So, okay, the Matrix gives you extra powers of perception. So why in the nine million years he had the thing did Optimus Prime never show any signs of enlightenment? Alright, you know what? The guy's dead. I have a good 20 episode stretch here without Optimus Prime. I should just enjoy it and stop bitching about the guy. So let's move on. Meanwhile, we find out who kidnapped Ultra Magnus Cup and Spike. It's those creepy guys from the movie. Hey, five faces of darkness, right? You are the Autobot called Cup. You are Cybertron's chief of security. Nah, my name's Teaspoon, and I'm Cybertron's chief dishwasher. Zero percent probability of truth. Identification positive. Tell us the status of Cybertronian defense apparatus. Total shambles after the last war. Three kids and a dog could take the planet. Four percent probability of truth. You know, I have my problems with this show, especially when it tries to be funny and fails. But that's legitimately funny dialogue there. It really is. The Quintessons, that's what these guys are called, incidentally, continue questioning Cup, but we're not really sure why. It's a mystery, you see. The prisoners are led to their inevitable execution, and then more great dialogue happens. Makes you wish for the good old days, doesn't it? You know, before the fighting broke out, the Bears versus the Lunar Colony, it was fourth quarter, fourth down, 30 yards to go. You remember that play? No. How about you, Cup? No, but in a jam like that, all you can do is rush him and pray! I really just like how Spike is trying to be subtle and speak in code, and Ultra Magnus just doesn't get it. I go through this constantly with my girlfriend, like when we're trying to escape some kind of social function with the faint illusion of good manners. It never works. Also, explaining jokes always makes them funnier. Anyway, the escape attempt fails and they're dumped into the Sharktacon tank, just like in the movie, only drawn poorly. Also, now it's apparently been drained, so it only comes up to everyone's waist. Even spikes, somehow. So hey, let's see what the Decepticons are up to. Oh, right. They're looking for Galvatron. He's on this lava planet thing, which is apparently called Thrall. <laughs> Thrall. Cyclonus commands one of the sweeps to pull out their leader, and he complies. Quick side note. I am so glad that we now just have Cyclonus, Scourge, and then the generic sweeps in place of the plane guys. I don't have to worry about confusing Skywarp with Thundercracker anymore, because the sweeps, best I can tell, don't even get individual names. Either it's Scourge, who has his own distinct voice and personality, or it's a sweep. Thanks for looking out for me, guys. So, out comes Galvatron. And wouldn't you know it, now he's batshit insane. Like madly cackling and firing on his own guys insane. Sadly, he also no longer has the voice of Leonard Nimoy. But Frank Welker probably does a better batshit insane robot anyway, and I suspect he worked for substantially less. Really, who can say you simpering dolt better than Frank Welker? Nobody. So yeah, he beats up on his own guys for a while, then resumes his place as their leader. And off they go. Back on the Quintesson planet, Rodimus and the rest swoop into the rescue. Because that's how you escape from the Sharktacon pit. Just hang out and wait for a ship to come rescue you. The Quintessons slip away during the kerfuffle, and decide that they'd rather blow up their own planet rather than allow the Autobots to escape. 
You know, that's just the sort of spiteful attitude I enjoy in a villain. I think I'm gonna like these guys. Oh, to be continued, if you haven't already guessed. Pay us no mind. We just like to watch.